0: Gospel of John, chapter 20, starting at verse 11. But Mary stood without at the sepulcher weeping, and as she wept, she stooped down and looked into the sepulcher, and seeth two angels in white sitting, the one at the head and the other at the feet, where the body of Jesus had lain. And they say unto her, Jesus saith unto her, Mary. She turned herself and saith unto him, Rabboni, which is to say, Master. Jesus saith unto her, Touch me not, for I am not yet ascended to my Father. But go to my brethren and say unto them, I ascend to my Father and your Father, and to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene came and told the disciples that she had seen the Lord and that he had spoken these things unto her. I've read up to verse 18 in John chapter 20. May God bless the reading of his word. I think we all understand very clearly that the New Testament reveals Jesus Christ as the Son of God. If you keep reading to the end of this chapter, John basically gives that as the whole reason he's writing. He says, but these are written that ye might believe that Jesus is the Christ, that's the Messiah, the Son of God, and that believing ye might have life through his name. So I think that's obvious and plain to anyone who's read the New Testament, uh, just even in cursory fashion. But what may be a more subtle point, but also very important, is that the New Testament, only in the New Testament, is God fully revealed as God the Father. Let that sink in for a moment. I did a search recently through the Old Testament through all the uses of the word Father in in the context of of God. There are a few places where God is mentioned as Father, and I kind of looked through each one. I'll give you just a quick rundown in case you're interested. The first one is he talks about the son of David. He will be a father to the son of David. There's a, some promises in, in First Chronicles. New Testament makes that clear. Hebrews 1 5 makes it clear that that's actually speaking of Christ. Christ as the son of David fulfills that. Moreover, only twice, two souls, God is mentioned as a father. But again, in, in a metaphorical kind of uh, terms like "like as a father pitieth his children," so the Lord has mercy on them that fear Him, or a father to the fatherless and a judge of the widows to the widows is the, is God upon His holy throne. So, using the same language, God as a father, but in, in a poetic, uh, metaphorical sense, and just kind of by passing, a few other instances. Three prophets, Isaiah, Jeremiah, and Malachi. Mention of God as a father to the children of Israel. But again, in metaphorical language, talking talk about them as a, a husband and his adulterous wife or a, 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 a potter a clay or a father and his children. Those are the few mentions in the Old Testament. But you flip every book in the New Testament, every epistle, every letter written, every gospel, that thing is so clear, God is the Father. It's Jesus special mission, his special privilege to declare unto us God as his Father and our Father. That, that is equally a revelation of the New Testament, just as much as is Jesus as the Son of God. It's God as our Father. It's amazing. The church of Israel, it was hinted at. They could see glimpses, maybe of in prophecy. But in the New Testament, as he records at the beginning of this gospel, it's Jesus' special mission to declare the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. It took the Son of God to reveal God the Father. You see the beautiful symmetry in that? Without Jesus, without what he did for us, what he's doing now for us, we could not understand God as a father in a full sense. And that's the privilege we have today, brothers and sisters, is to approach God as our heavenly father, as he taught the children of his disciples, our father which art in heaven. This is an amazing thing that was hidden, that was not fully revealed in the Old Testament, but is now revealed in the new through Christ Jesus. So this is Jesus' special mission, and this, it kind of actually just fully clicks into focus here after the crucifixion, after the resurrection, when, he's, when he has this exchange with Mary Magdalene. It's a beautiful exchange, and, and there's a lot that we could meditate on there. I, I don't know how much we will, but the key point in this, the, the thing that I take here is this verse 17. Jesus saith unto her, Touch me not, which probably means more of, Don't cling to me, don't keep holding on to me, for I am not yet ascended to my Father. He had to do one more thing. He had one more. Um, he was, after his resurrection, he had to be seen alive of his disciples, to be witnessed of them, to give some final words, some final instructions, as he records here and in the next chapter. And then he was going to go up to heaven. But he says this to her. For I am not yet ascended to my Father, but go to my brethren. Go to my brethren. This is the first time he is speaking now of the disciples as brethren, brothers and sisters. Before they were servants, before they were even friends, he says at at the Last Supper, he says, now I call you my friends. But now he calls them brethren. Meaning, we are now entered into a sibling relationship. We are being called into this relationship of father and son. I'm not saying that we are sons of God in the same way that Jesus is. Jesus is the only begotten of the Father. He is special. He has, he's in a special category by himself because he is God. But we are called to be sons and daughters. That's why he says, I ascend to my father and your father and to my God and your God. And this is being God's plan all of, along. This is being the plan of salvation: is to draw us into the love, the purpose, the unity that the Godhead shares. This was Jesus' prayer, the final end of, of, of the, the high priestly prayer. Uh, he's praying here back in John chapter seventeen, verse twenty-four. Father. I will that they also who thou hast given me be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory which thou hast given me, for thou lovest me before the foundation of the world. This is the only begotten of the Son of the Father, of the same kind as God, coming forth from the Father, God the Son. And he's inviting us into this to experience and to joy in the same kind of love. O oh, righteous father. The world has not known thee, but I have known thee, and these have known that thou hast sent me. And I have declared unto them thy name, and will declare it, that the love wherewith thou hast loved me may be in them, and I in them. I declare unto them thy name. What is his name? God the Father. This is the nature of God that was declared unto us by Jesus Christ. That had to, that was not fully revealed until Jesus came, that we could see God as our Father, in an intimate, a personal way. It doesn't matter if you had a good earthly father, a bad earthly father, no earthly father. You're invited to partake of the greatest relationship, to have have a new identity, as we heard just now. That you don't need to need, uh, worry about anything else where the needs are c- coming from. You have a heavenly father. This is the kind of, this That's is how Jesus walked as the perfect son. This is the way he's inviting us to walk in that perfect confidence. So that covetousness, whatever it is, we heard this morning that displaces, displaces, doesn't have any part. The, the truth is that those that are consumed by covetousness will not see God. They will not have the kingdom of heaven because they don't know their father. They don't trust their their heavenly father. That's it, it, it's you know it's not some random list that God came up with and say, okay, these are the ones I want to exclude from my kingdom. No. Each of these things, by their very nature, they are not part of the, of, of God and his identity. And so they cannot be without eternity. That's just the way it is. That's that's just the reality of sin versus righteousness. So this is what we have before us today and every day, to walk in this knowledge of God as our Father, like Jesus, just in the same way that he did. And it starts, in, like, just even in this, this passage here with, with Mary, that beautiful, you know, she, she was obviously overcome with emotion. She was so distraught. She didn't, she saw the angel sitting in the, in the, tomb, the tomb there, and she didn't even remark or occurred to her that they were angels. She just she said, where have you laid him? She was so consumed with grief. She said, where, where have you laid him? Even when she said to, to who she thought was the guard, or says, I'll carry him away. No, there, no way she was gonna do that. He was a full grown man in the prime of his life, and how was she gonna carry away his body? So I think the soul that's outside of Jesus Christ kind of doesn't even really know who he is at first. You know, she thought he was the gardener. She's confused, not certain. And then he calls her name. He knows who she is. He shows himself who he is. She responds, rabbi, rabbi, master, teacher. And Jesus teaches you. He shows you. You, you take his instructions. but then it goes beyond that. See, a lot of people stop at the point of teacher. I know who Jesus is. He's a teacher. I'm trying to live by his, his instructions and his, what he wants us to do. But they don't move beyond on that, to he is my father. Where he goes, tell my brethren, go to my brethren, and say unto them, I ascend to my father and your father. This is what's given to us. It's not um, a sterile, empty set of beliefs or tenets or things that we do or don't do. It is a living and abiding relationship in Jesus Christ with our Heavenly Father. This should give us a lot of joy. It should give us that boldness, he talks about in Hebrew, to come boldly now onto the throne of grace and to ask for help in time of need. We have a Heavenly Father. There's no, um worry, you know, the, those children that are the nature of their parents, they come to them they, readily, easily. It's only the ones that, well, if they have an abusive parent, you're gonna shrink and, and, and cower the ones that have loving parents, loving fathers, that, that have all the resources, the riches at their disposal, you come in readily. And that's what we should be doing every day. We should be coming boldly to ask our Father for the things that we need. May we do that in the days ahead and uh, as we call upon him. Brother, please find a hymn. I'd like to close with reading uh, from 1 John chapter 3, some of my favorite verses here, the first three verses. Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And every one that hath this hope in him purifieth himself, even as he is pure. Did you catch that? That hope. We're going to one day, it's like our little children, so the most tender moments that speak to my heart is when our kids say, Daddy, I want to be like you. When I grow up, And they see kind of what we're doing and they just, oh, they continue in that and we lead them aright. They're they're on the right way. This is the same. If we see how good our Heavenly Father is, if we see the goodness of Jesus, what he's done for us, keep that in view. That will purify us. That face that's turned towards him, weak as we are, will lead us. And one day we are going to be like him when we see him in glory for as he really is. We are his children now. We're his sons now. But what's waiting to be revealed in that day? Oh, tongue cannot describe. May the Lord keep us on our path with that hope, in the days ahead, He will do it. The service.